Hello and welcome to episode five. Michael, is this five? <laughs> <laughs> We're in single digits where yeah. I lost track. Five. Five, I think, of Capes and Junk. I am your host, John Lucero, and joining me, as I've already said, is my co-host, Michael Hughes. Michael Hughes, say hello to the people. Hey, that's me. Michael, what are we doing for episode five? Uh, we're talking X-Men. X-Men, so, yep. <laughs> so you might be wondering, are we, are we doing uh, Dark Phoenix? Or are we doing Age of Apocalypse? Uh, no, we're talking 2001's Exiles. Yeah, funnily, funnily enough, it does involve those two things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, which is... Uh, it also kind of made me like, man, we do have to read those eventually, don't we? I'm in like in, in like an excited way. Like, I'm like, we really do have to get to those someday. Oh, yeah, totally. Because like the parts in this that that touch on them, it's just like, man, that that's good. That's just good comic booking right there is what that seems mm-hmm. like. <laughs> um, yeah. So Exiles uh, 2000 come out in 2001 and it is a spinoff involving some minor mutant characters uh who do you think the most well-known character in exiles michael um probably blank yeah i mean she's only in age of apocalypse right or one of the age of apocalypse comics yeah yeah she's like but she's she was incredibly popular um and then after that i don't know mimic i guess Right. Uh, I mean, Morph, Morph was in the '90s oh, right. cartoon. Morph, Morph. Yeah, Morph is Morph was he... <laughs> in the cartoon. Yes, for and uh, famous famously uh, does really well in the first episode. Uh, <laughs> the character's insufferable in that show. He's so annoying. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of like a lot of superhero shows from that era. Is uh, yeah, the com- comedy just you know ages differently. Uh, maybe he was hilarious when it first came out. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like that was uh, just the funniest shit anyone had ever seen in their life. But before we can really talk exiles, we have to figure out who we have to uh, don capes for this episode. Michael, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Who is Don Capes? We have a new co-host. Don Capes is uh, <laughs> the the superhero from the show Mad Men. It's uh, Don Draper's alter ego, Don Capes. Don Caper. Yeah, Don Capers. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me hit this generate button and see what I get. Oh, it's so long it cuts off in the bar. I am the unorthodox serpent. I'm gonna guess that I'm a snake with legs. That's pretty um, unorthodox. Maybe you're like. Instead of like just like a, a like a line, you know, like an S, you're just like a square snake like a, <laughs> <laughs> with just legs, like a Minecraft snake of just cube instead of circular. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Excellent. Uh, yeah. And your power. What well, do you have any powers? Or are you just like a really weird looking snake? So not every ex, not every mutant has as superpower. Some of them are just weird looking. So I think I'm just I'm just an unorthodox serpent. Yeah, you're just a weird look. You're just weird. Look. You got the short straw when it came to mutant abilities, and you're just weird looking. Man, that All name right. won't fit on a name tag. Unorthodox serpent. All right, what did I get? I got the one armed shaman. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if having one arm is part of my powers. It might just be a quirk of my existence. Um, or if let's see if I can make it mutiny. Okay, so uh, I don't I I'm missing an arm. I was born without an arm, but when I use my powers, I get like a spirit arm. 
you know, like a ghost, ar- like a ghost arm. And, oh, like uh, that, uh, that atomic green lantern from that, uh, DC yes. MOBA where he's got yeah. like the construct arm. Things. Cool. Yeah. I have like a construct arm that does it, that I do the magic with. That's what I do. Um, that's pretty badass. Yeah. I, uh, but, but other than, if, when I'm not doing that, I just have one arm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a. Uh, and I even if they don't they don't know I'm a mutant, I still get picked on just because <laughs> and kids are mean. Yeah, don't pick uh, on dis- disabled people. It's rude. Yeah, it's really fucked up, kids. <laughs> it's uh, okay. it's not your fault. You were born with one arm that I was born square. OK, well, <laughs> it's going to be really hard for us to get cycle through tabs for this episode. Um, <laughs> seeing as you're a box and I have one arm, but uh, we will we will make do. Box snake. Okay. Exiles. Like I said, originally, originally released August 2001 by uh, author Jug Winnick. Jug. Judd Winnick. Sorry, sorry Mr. Winnick. Uh, and Mike McCone. It was basically a what if X-Men and Quantum Leap combined into a series uh, where a group of misfit X-Men have to, uh, actually, Michael, you have a synopsis for us, don't you? Do you not? Um, uh, ish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please enlighten us. Uh, uh, a race of insectoid beings, later known as the Time Breakers, basically caused some quantum fuckery, and the space-time continuum started to destabilize. So they sought out. Basically unimportant people that the time stream wouldn't miss because they're not supposed to be there in the first place. It's complicated and hand-waved at the same time in the first couple issues. It's basically, uh, you guys aren't supposed to exist, so we just pulled you out of your universes to help fix the the multiverse as a whole. Man, this really jumped on the, the multiverse bandwagon before it was actually a thing. Yeah, as I was reading this, uh, for, I had an initial thought of, man, I, I, I'm getting a little burnt out multiverse stuff, i got to say. But then I'm like, oh, this came out in 2001. Uh, so I got I got I to gotta meet it on its own terms. And then I was like, and then from there, I, I got over it and uh, really, really enjoyed what uh, it's uh, from what, uh, what we've read so far, uh, which we've read the first six issues. Um, before mm-hmm. I get into that, uh, like I said, uh, Judd Wink and Mike McCone put this together. Uh, and uh, Mr. Winnick uh, did not have a, does not have a hugely well-known portfolio. He did um, write several storylines uh, exploring gay and AIDS-oriented themes, uh, oh, wow. and, and did receive two Glad awards for his work in Green Lantern, uh, where we had a storyline called uh, Hate Crime, uh, where uh, uh, Terry Berg, uh, one of the uh, help uh, Green Lantern assistant characters, was brutally beaten in a homophobic attack. Um, Yeesh. And then, yeah, so there's he dealt he definitely dealt with some heavy stuff um, and uh, as well as the green a green uh, lantern storyline where uh, I think Mia uh, Mia Dearden. Yeah, Mia Dearden uh, character, a, form, a runaway turned prostitute was HIV positive in this character in this. Uh, um, so, yeah, wow. de- dealing with some, some heavier stuff uh, on the. And the well, on the things that Michael you would recognize, and most people that listen to this probably would recognize, is uh, he wrote Batman Under the Red Hood, the excellent 2010 movie. Oh, hey, yeah. nice, yeah, uh, one of my favorite Batman uh, movies. It's very good, and yeah, so uh, 
that's kind of like all for so the thing about the thing about this is like i said we read the first six issues of this uh just you know just to dip in to see what we, how we felt about it and i really liked it i think michael you did too right yeah yeah definitely so we're not, we're not guess, gonna have as much uh okay go ahead go ahead please i guess i should say that i originally picked this because i wanted to do x-men and i wanted something a little more lighthearted after <laughs> green lantern and spider-verse and i read the first issue i'm like wow this is uh this is pretty it's quantum leap the Morph is pretty fun. He's cracking jokes and stuff, and then it goes downhill real fast, <laughs> like it, real fast. Yeah, it gets it, it. I I thought it was funny that Michael wanted to read a lighthearted X Men thing because X Men inherently is uh, hard to make lighthearted, just based just based on um, the the key themes of discrimination, race war. Uh-huh. Um, uh, well, God, one of the fucking one of the characters is, was in a fucking Holocaust camp in his childhood. So like, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah in a, a concentration camp. So, uh, yeah, so it's hard to make like X Men lighthearted without like I mean, without like just hundred percent committing to it. Um, but I'll say there is definitely like Morph does. You know, he's he is definitely uh, a zillion z- jokes a second. Uh, <laughs> whether he's talking or not. Just looking mm-hmm. at his, whatever he, if he if he's in a panel he you have zero idea what he's gonna look like in that panel. Um, which yeah, is, he he's always in a different kind of costume in just about every panel. So yeah, so it does give you that. Um, uh, but yeah, we both really liked it. Uh, so I didn't I we I don't have a lot of uh, like background or like um, I don't I didn't look too far into the future for it either like how well it did or anything like that. I I know I, I know it was well received and pretty relatively popular. Um, yeah, it ran for around 100 issues so it uh, yeah. it was doing something right. Yeah, so uh but in order for us to avoid spoil- spoilers, I don't have any spoilers for the for people listening. <laughs> the future spoilers True. for people listening. So if you're hoping to us break down the whole series, you probably have to wait a while till we get for us to, <laughs> for us to get there. Uh, but if you're hopping in from the beginning like we are, uh, you're—I think you're gonna be in for a fun ride. So, like the first—the first issue is them like uh, is the int- is is the longest issue, and it's because it's the setup issue. I feel like that happens a lot in comics. I feel like the first issue is always di- like particularly long compared to other issues because mm-hmm. um, that's a setup everything and all no. these uh, minor uh, X Men characters. Are brought together, like Michael said, to fix the to fix uh, the multiple breaks in the timeline. Uh, we've got so the initial team is Blink from Age of Apocalypse, uh, whose powers are teleportation and does she throw like uh, like bolts or something? Does she have a no. projectile? I think she has a projectile of some kind. Wow, I know the, the portals are her her main thing. Yes, definitely yeah, the portals are her big thing. Um, and I'm always I'm a huge fan of teleporting characters. It's one of my favorite powers. Uh, oh yeah, because Nightcrawler is Nightcrawler is my favorite X Men. Just spoilers for anyone, I guess. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain for my tastes. Uh, I'm a big Nightcrawler guy. Um, yeah, it's uh, kind of disappointing me that another character does not have a teleporting power oh, in this. No, right? I was. Uh, I'll just get to her. Nocturne is. I think she's the second character introduced, actually, or the morph. No, I think it's her. Uh, Nocturne. Uh, the daughter of a Mr. Nightcrawler, Kurt, 
and uh, I almost said Vonnegut, but that's a author. <laughs> is uh, what's his last name? Is it Vonnegut? It's not right. I have no idea. Yeah, Kurt, uh, Nightcrawler, and daughter of Nightcrawler, and it was Scarlet uh, Witch. Scarlet Witch, which is a really fun combination. Uh, and she has the power to. She has telepathic powers, and she can make hex bolts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just looks like a female nightcrawler, yes. like blue skin and all. Yes, I also do love that they just refer to um, nightcrawler teleporting as bamfings. I love that they just it's <laughs> like this. They the sound has become the term, and I do love that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when that started. Uh, again, we're new to this, but I do love it. Um, yeah, it is such a bummer that she can't teleport, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they couldn't have two teleporting characters, uh, but they. Re- I guess they really, really. I mean, Blink makes sense because she was super popular, especially at this time. I think she's one of the more popular minor X Men characters. Uh, and then they're like, they need another another female character. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that's what we got. And then uh, we get Morph, whose powers you might be surprised to hear <laughs> are shape shifting. <laughs> And uh, I don't this, I don't know his rules. Other than, like, can he just do kind of shapeshift whatever he wants? I know, I know he can't make necessarily solid objects like like he can, but they don't really work the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, do you know any of his like rules other than that, Michael? Not really. They don't really talk about it in this run. He's just kind of basically just shapeshifts costumes more often than not. He's not big on the fighting side. Yeah. And then we get uh, Thunderbird, and which uh, or John Proudstar, uh, in his war of the four from the four in his war. Uh, so he's he has been turned into a four horseman at this point uh, by by Apocalypse, and he's the horse. He's war, and so he's been horribly disfigured. He's a he's massive. He's a he's basically he's a weapon is what he's been turned. He's kind of he kind of looks like a Ben Ten alien. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we got him. He's he's, uh, he's one I didn't have. I don't think any experience with, and it was really cool to see in one of the these early issues where he talks to you know, the version of himself that I figure is probably more common. He's like a normal sized human. Yeah, and then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the, he's like, uh, let me see what's under that armor, and he retracts. He basically looks like he's made of living circuitry under there. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the stronger bits in the whole in his whole little uh, set of issues we we read uh, character wise. It was really good. Him talking to himself was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get uh, mimic, whose whose powers are to mimic other powers. He can mimic up to five powers. Uh, he gets half the strength of said power. Um, and the longer he's around the person he's mimicking, the the more effective the power is, right? Or the longer you can keep it? I'm trying to remember. Um, I think they're permanent, yeah. but he can only hold those five because he has, to, at one point, he has to give up Angel's Wings. Yeah, to get the yeah. Phoenix Force. I don't know. Yeah. He uh, was absolutely not the sole reason that I picked this run because <laughs> I love this character that can basically just copy of people's abilities Mega Man style. That. That's silly. He's 
He's an interesting character. He's kind of he he's kind of goo- his his powers are kind of goofy to me. Just like the way that he looks, all he just looks like a like a creative character, like a like a creative character from like <laughs> yeah. a fighting game, basically all or, the time. Or City of Heroes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his character, he's he's really strong characterization. Uh, he's uh, initially kind of portrayed as more of a leader character, and he is a leader mm-hmm. in the in the, his timeline. He's he's I think he's leading the X Men right. His uh in his. Something, yeah. Something his timeline, because like... uh, he's sometimes a villain, sometimes not. Is one of those one of those characters, depending on. Yeah, the he's a, an early, early like one of the first couple of X Men villains, where he has the original five X Men's powers permanently because he was around them so often. Yeah. So, and then finally, the uh, out of the orig- initial um, six members, we get Magnus. The son of Magneto and Rogue, a very interesting combination of powers. Um, mm-hmm. And Magnus's powers seem to be he's the he's the cheat code. <laughs> um, he's uh, so he can he has Magneto's obviously um, metal manipulation, but he can also manipulate um, uh, liquid metals as well. and he, he can manipulate a lot of things. He has. So he is a, a fun combination. Well, not fun. A fucked up combination of Rogue and Magneto's of Rogue's power uh, with Magneto's, and that when he touches things, you know how Rogue. If you're familiar with Rogue, which I'm, uh, if you're familiar with X Men, you probably are. Uh, she can. She drains the life for the energy um, and uh, life force out of things she touches. Um, it makes you wonder how that. That conception went down. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, you know, they wore protection. That's all. That's all I can say. Uh, And Magneto's got some. Probably has some of the better protection around. Um, A lot of questions. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, anyway. uh, Yeah, Magnus. So he 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 cannot touch people either. But when he does, they turn they turn to steel. And he, we find out later on, actually. One in one of the time, one of the broken timelines, um, touches his touches his mother, and the first time he discovers his powers on his thirteenth birthday, which is puberty is generally around the time when mutants find their mm-hmm. powers. It's beca- it's very subtle. <laughs> it's a very subtle metaphor. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on his thirteenth birthday, he touches his mom, and she dies, and she turns the seal, and immediately dies. Um, which Yeesh. leads to his father Magneto, um, rejoining the Brotherhood. And uh, becoming evil again. Uh, we get a lot of good guy Magneto in, in Exiles, by the way. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot of good guy Magneto, which I like. Magneto is a fantastic character, and, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite villains. And uh, so it's, it's nice to see him get get some uh, shine as a leader. So yeah, that's our that's our ragtag group initially. They get brought, like Michael said, they get brought brought together by the Time Brokers. Time Brokers, right? Sh- yeah. I sure hope nothing bad happens to any of them. Yeah, I sure hope we we're together forever with these six. Um, <laughs> and they're so they're sent off. They get they're given a thing called the talus, uh, which is their uh, just a you know a device to help explain the situation to them vaguely, but it can never cannot be clear on what needs to be done mm-hmm. uh, necessarily. That'd be silly. Why would that? Why would that need to exist? Um, yeah, the the first mission is just to find your greatest leader. I yeah, think. which which is uh, deceptive <laughs> <laughs> for most of them, especially. Uh, so yeah, they're they're brought into a time when uh, mutants were basically uh, all the 
uh, anti-mutant laws and um, anti-mutant measures went into effect. And it's a basically a world without mutants or either without or with mutants in prison, in high security prisons. Um, Not even just mutants, it's all superhuman beings. It's right, the, yes, yes. Operation homo, Zero Tolerance. Yeah, homo, all homo superiors, I should say, is what they, is yeah. what they refer to them as. Um, They're incarcerated or eliminated outright. Yes, and they get the they get the instruction. We got to find our greatest leader. And Michael, who is the X Men's greatest leader? Why that would be Charles Xavier, obviously. Yeah, it's Professor X. So they go to high security prison. Uh, there's a good there's a good bit in it early on where they acknowledge that because there's no super beings like Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, or um, I forget who this is. Reed Richards. One. Reed Richards. Yeah, Reed Richards. Uh, that technology is. Uh, moving along slower in this time in this uh, timeline <laughs> so they initially get to the prison without any uh trouble whatsoever but when they get in the security measures are actually quite extreme uh and there's a fun it's a they, it turns out uh forge which is uh is a traitor to the to the mutant race and has been helping the humans but saving himself by helping them create high security prisons for mm-hmm. uh all the members, they go, they break in, they use all their fun powers, and it's great because X Men is just fun. <laughs> it's always fun. Yeah. Uh, and they get to, they get to Charles, and what happens when they get to Charles, Michael? Well, they free him because yep. that was the mission, and then he proceeds to kill the entire population of Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> specifically well. Phoenix, Arizona. It's yes. Uh, with he mind blasts all the entire city. Which uh, I was, it's a and they it's a two hundred fifty thousand like it's a quarter of a million body count is what they say, so it's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. not great. It's not a good look for your first mission. Yeah, and uh, so Charles basically takes on the Magneto role in this timeline, gathers a team of mutants for the Brotherhood of. I want to say Brotherhood of Evil. Is that right? The Brotherhood of Mutants. Brotherhood of Mutants. All right. Is that what the they're called? I'm blanking. Uh, I think they've been both at different times. Yeah. So yeah, the brother. I'm going to call them the Brotherhood. That's what mostly we use. That's usually what we refer to as the Brotherhood. Uh, his version of it with uh, his his uh, stepbrother, <laughs> Kane Marco, aka Juggernaut. Um, fucking who's Chamber for some reason? Um, and. Uh, God, who all who was who all help me out here, Michael? Who all is in? I, God, it's been I. I yeah, I, I don't recall. Just remember, I just read this recently. It's a it's a it's a ragtag group. It's a fun. It's again a it's a, a fun like mix. Not your not your not your like standard mix of villain and characters. Um, I think some of them were also good, generally good guy characters that are now bad. Um, and we get we fight. Uh, and that's when. And but then they have to find. They still have to find. Uh, they're the lead. They the want to lead them. Yeah. Uh, so if it's not Charles, then who else? But <laughs> they're like, okay, yeah. so we released Charles, and he yeah. killed a whole bunch of people. So yeah. this world's obviously backwards. Let's go find Mag- Magneto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's yes. Let's let's go find good old Magneto. Good old Eric Lencher and uh, save him. Uh, so they get to. So they sp- they split up. Uh, mimic. Uh, Morph and uh, T Bird stay back to fight the uh, the Brotherhood, and Nocturne, Blink, and Magnus head off to find Magneto. 
Um, oh, the, oh, also Magnus at one point, I think to find him, he makes he makes a Cerebro, right? Using, because uh, uh, oh, yeah. Nocturne is, has, is, is telepathic and Mimic uh, has some latent tele- telepathy from when he used Jean Grey's power at one point. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, he, so Magnus is like, all right, I'll just make Cerebro really quick. Yeah, and they all like, <laughs> break into a Radio Shack and yeah. make Cerebro. Yeah, they break into Radio Shack and he whips up a Cerebro, a dual Cerebro in the, uh, in the Radio Shack and they find, it's, uh, it's like that scene from the Captain Marvel movie where she makes a, a homie, a radio thing out of a Game Boy and a payphone. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is. It's the same energy. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, again, Magnus is a cheat code, uh, and they go to they find him. He's in a high security prison that's been abandoned uh, because everyone's afraid that they're going to get murdered by the Brotherhood, uh, which they should be because Charles literally killed the whole city by himself in a split second. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they. But there's a there's they get there and obviously there's no one there, so that 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 seems good at first. But then there's a there's a twist, Michael. There's an atomic bomb in the facility, and they're going to blow it, and mm-hmm. it's going to blow. Um, Magnus realizes this. Um, I don't remember how. Did he just sense it? Did they see it? I don't remember. I don't remember how. Um, anyway, they they discover this. Uh, Blink's like, let me let me try and get in there, and uh, but he's like, there's no time. Uh, to uh, so he they they get the they get the X Men out. They get they get the mutants out that are in there, uh, but in order to prevent them from getting vaporized by the nuke that's about to go off, uh, Magnus he also finds the bomb, uh, and in a great moment, there's a really great duel moment here. I want to highlight uh, in here um, where Magnus finds the the bomb and Mimic is fighting Charles, and uh, Magnus notices the bomb is made of fully of plastic, and he's like. Uh, <laughs> They they were they were more afraid of Magneto than anyone is what is what he thinks of himself of his father than anyone. Um, Hell to Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, uh, and but he said and he says, uh, but now you can show, you can show them uh, what a what a real hero is or something along those lines. Uh, and at the same time, Mimic is like telling Charles, who's, who's kind of his, his mentor father figure in his timeline. Um, that he's he's basically you're no Charles and uh, uses his Wolverine claws to imp- straight through Charles's his skull and murders him right there, and then mimic uh, Magnus at the same time shields the entire uh, facility and dies in an explosion. Oof. Yeah, and they don't. There's no time or anything to to mourn. Or anything? I, does does Sunfire show up right away, or is she in the next issue? Uh, I think she's like, in the next issue. And they're like, <laughs> part of me thinks it might have been like immediately after, immediately after like Magnus dies, and they're like uh, mourning him for he get Sunfire pops up. They're like, this is the, this is your new member anyway. <laughs> anyway, time to get going. <laughs> and uh, next mission. Yeah, so yeah, now instead of Magnus, we have Sunfire. Uh, and I. I've always been a proponent for um, well done character deaths. I think deaths is important in all storytelling, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Magnus gets a really good death. He's he st- he stayed stays dead for the for these six issues at least. I mean, this comic book, so you know you never you never know. <laughs> but uh, 
It's uh, multiverse too, so they could just bring in another version of them if they wanted to. Yeah, I was surprised for uh, one of the characters to die so soon, but mm-hmm. I also said that Magnus is a cheat code character, so they kind of maybe I feel like they might have written themselves into a corner with that character because um, he kind of just is too strong in some in a lot of ways uh, for X Men. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they move on to that. Uh, do you want to tackle the next the next arc of the the so, next two arcs? Mission one has them playing a part in wiping out an entire U.S. city population and losing one sixth of their team in an yeah. explosion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's uh yeah that's kind of a synopsis for how these guys have to start out. So really lighthearted. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Michael, where are they? Where do they go next? What happens next? So then they blip uh, into the trial of the Phoenix, where yeah. Jean Grey is being uh, tried for destroying a galaxy or whatever it was she did. Yeah, as dark as the Dark Phoenix, as the Phoenix, yeah. um, and they. And in this timeline, uh, Jean Grey does not sacrifice herself at the end and survives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's... But that's not... But if that happens, uh, which... So Blink has the talus, and it, she's the only one that can hear it. This uh, device that tells them what they need to do. Um, and it's like, it shows... And it kind of shows her the results of, of if, if the... Uh, if what transpired... What shouldn't transpire does transpire. And if Jean Grey survives, she still she becomes the Dark Phoenix, murders everyone, and then blows up the galaxy. And then so not great. <laughs> so, a little bigger than Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, uh, the so Blink is like, all right, we have to we have to kill Jean Grey. Uh, and a, a char- and Blink's uh, Blink is event essentially the leader, and she that gets established. Uh, I think in the issue, the fifth issue, in the fourth issue, the issue after this, this two issue arc, it gets established that mm-hmm. uh, Blink is the leader because she has zero, essentially zero attachments to most of these, to most of the characters they come across. You know, yeah, she, she's from the Age of Apocalypse, um, which is... M- mimic having his uh, attachment yeah. to Charles the way he did is what led to basically all of the last issues downfall. So he's yes. like, uh, I fucked up real big so maybe you should take over yeah uh and another and another issue is that mimic is in love with gene gray that's and uh, a lot of the other characters also love gene gray in different ways like she's yeah aunt, nocturne yes yeah, yeah. a nocturne a friend to morph and uh so you know the idea of the idea of killing her is not ideal to them um uh, I don't know if I need. I feel like it might have went a little long describing the other one, so I can probably do a little, a little more condensed version of this one. Um, mm-hmm. There's so to because Wolverine's there, and uh, Wolverine can, has in, incredibly heightened senses. They smear stinky plants on themselves to hide their sense, <laughs> uh, disguise themselves as a different alien race that's there to fight. Because they it's a trial by combat for Jean Grey uh, to determine her fate. Uh, so people from all over the galaxy are coming for their revenge on the Phoenix. Um, and so they disguise themselves as a, as a race here for revenge. They, uh, Wolverine show, uh, shows up 
and Mimic cannot think of a good way to cover up the situation. Um, so gets in a gets in a fight with him, barely survives, and knocks out Wolverine. Which is quite uh, the feat. Yeah, it is quite the feat to knock Wolverine unconscious um, in a in a one on one fist fight. Uh, he, he has to use he has to combine his his Colossus powers and his Wolverine powers to do it. Uh, and they use they use Nocturne to um, uh, go inside of Wolverine's body and act as him, speak for him, so they can throw the other X Men off the scent. And then they, and which leaves him unconscious for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to battle. And yeah, they basically get it lined up to the way that the original story arc went. They're yeah. like, okay, so Jean should sacrifice herself. They're like, uh, Jean just killed Cyclops. That's not Jean anymore. <laughs> yeah, she murdered Cyclops. Uh, which I, I don't. I've never been a Cyclops guy. Which is, I'm like, of course she, of course Cyclops died. Cyclops sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, its powers are stupid. Uh, I mean, laser eyes are cool, but that's come on. Uh, and. So they're like, well, shit. <laughs> and, uh, which this is, the, I thought at this point, Mimic might actually end up dying in the storyline. I thought he was gonna. I thought he might end up doing a, a sacrificial moment of some kind, mm-hmm. um, fighting Dark Phoenix, who is just fucking everyone up. <laughs> she is having her way with everyone. Yep. Uh, and talking mad shit the entire time. Uh, and it's really good. This whole fight's really good. Uh, it's the whole time reading like, man, we got to read Dark Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> Because that's just the cool. That's just an inherently cool character, cool villain mm-hmm. character. Agreed. Uh, and those movies, they ne- they need to do her justice in some goddamn way. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, come on. Third uh, time's charm. We'll see if Disney can get it right when they get there. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Um. So they fight. Uh, Wolverine wakes up. Comes in. And realizes he's got to do what he's got to do, which I, you know, that's, I appreciate that about Wolverine, uh, who also loves Jean Grey. Um, and in a similar fact, I don't know, I remember this the exact way, but in very similar fashion to uh, how they defeat Dark Phoenix, uh, Wolverine, with the help of the mimic, helps him to uh, get over there, or is it someone else? Or is it no? It's Angel, right? It's it's Angel that uh, flies him over there, or is that mimic? It's Angel. They look very similar. <laughs> Um, uh, and he impales Jean Grey, killing her, and resetting the timeline, or setting the timeline right. And their mission there is done. It's uh, it's just like X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah, it's just like The Last Stand. Uh, maybe not as good as The Last Stand, though. <laughs> no one nothing is as good as the a movie with a porcupine man you know everyone's favorite yep uh so in the final arc which is i think my least favorite in terms of just like this well it's good it's good i, I don't know it's uh it's the least um has the least amount of stakes to it i guess is, is it's, it's the least amount of action too it's a lot of yeah. downtime yeah which is important i think it, you know it need you need to get that and it also has a really weird um, kind of uh, goal. Uh, it's it it which uh, leads to some good comedy. Uh, so they get they they then they get warped to Canada, <laughs> and uh, and as they're uh, talking, um, Mimic starts puking 
uncontrollably. And then Hulk shows up. And Hulk proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of all of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they, war- don't, they warn Blink not to try and Blink him. Um, and she does. She does try it, and it goes. It doesn't go well, uh, and that just makes him. It just pisses him off more. Uh, it's a great part where uh, Thunderbird punches Hulk in the face, and he just says "ow," and then uh, <laughs> and then Thunderbird goes "oh no," and then gets decked. Um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, morph turns into a chicken and runs away. Yeah, it's uh, it's very silly, and. Yeah, also, it turns out Mimic pukes because the gamma radiation from... Uh, he mimics the gamma radiation from uh, Hulk if he's nearby, and it just makes him sick. Yeah, from It gives him radiation poisoning, which is messed up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, but they are rescued by the um, Alpha, X-Men Alpha Team. Is it X, are they X-Men? Is it, are they referred to X-Men? I know it's Alpha Team. Uh, the, Canadian, the Canadian special... Basically, the Canadian special forces of X-Men. The Mounties by, of X-Men. Yeah, led by Wolverine, the most Canadian X-Man. Uh, that part's true. Yeah, it is true. He is the, he is the pride of Canada. Suit, suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they bring him back to their base. We're introduced to all the... Uh, we, to their, their big facility. We find out that they have... If they do not capture Hulk here, they are all... Or if they go out to capture Hulk, they all die. Um, so they're here to help them not die. This <laughs> is their plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again, not, not the probably the least interesting, uh, just like conceptually for like the the goal. But uh, there's a lot of good character stuff in here. Uh, I think we yeah. This is where we got the the T bird one on one with himself. Yeah. Yes, which is probably my favorite part of this of this of this little arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're actually about to talk Hulk down. Yeah. When a second team of people with talent with the talos it's like a, a weird cybernetic deadpool led by by Sabretooth, which mm-hmm. we find out is the same Sabretooth from blank's timeline yes who is a good who's a good guy he's a mm-hmm. he's a he's like essentially wolverine in blank's timeline uh in the age of apocalypse uh he's leading the the rebels uh, who also a fun uh, interesting fact is they actually they 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 won like Blink's group they beat Apocalypse right before and then she gets warped uh, she gets taken out of her timeline immediately afterwards so like her she she doesn't get to like revel in their in like their greatest victory uh, which is an interesting uh, idea uh, so so yeah the, like I said the T Bird and um, Shaman conversation over sandwiches is really good just uh about um what 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 the nature the nature of oneself is uh and you're and not letting you know not letting uh circumstance decide for you so uh and also talking about their because it's the same person more or less there's very similar upbringings and their problems with their father and stuff it's really really good stuff it's really well really mm-hmm. interesting we also get uh, also get some. I I don't remember if it happened in the last arc. I think it's this one, Blink and Mimic uh, moving toward the romantic relationship. So mm-hmm. as well as Morph and Sunfire hit, hitting on each other all the time, uh, or at least Morph hitting on Sunfire all the time and her playing. Morph hits on everybody. Yeah, yeah, but it seems like there. It seems like uh, specifically her the most often. 
So there's that going on. I think it's the first issue where Nocturne's got a t-shirt on with her band name on it, and he's like, who is that band? She's like, it's not like you really care. You're just using it as an excuse to stare at my chest. And he's like, yeah, you are correct. Yes, he is constantly doing that. So there's there's that. Uh, also, the man, the band's name is the Butt Monkeys. If you're uh, for the, all those curious, <laughs> there you go. Yes. So, uh, so they do. They capture. They end up capturing Hulk. Um, the Weapon X team, like like Michael brought up, uh, they are aware of the Exiles, but the Exiles are not aware of them. And also, Sabretooth is now very con- very confused and distraught as to why he's not allowed to interact with Blink. Who's more or mm-hmm. less his daughter, uh, even not biologically, but uh, in relationship-wise, they're very close. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and that's where it leaves off. It's actually a really, yeah. I think, a really strong uh, spot to leave off on. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I felt like if this was a TV show, that would be a really good last episode. You know, yeah, season finale. Yeah, at least uh, so. So yeah, they want to. Touch on uh, issue seven real quick because it's pretty cool. It's like them basically resting in this motel, but the entire issue has zero dialogue in it. It's just them kind of relaxing after all this crap they've been through so far. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. I, I did see it. it I didn't. I didn't. I did skim through it a little bit, and it looked like a. It was definitely like a, a dream, a bunch of dreams and stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that looked interesting. Uh, yeah, they definitely do a lot. They explore these characters uh, in a way that I really enjoy. And it's not, it's not constant action. It's not constant quips and stuff. It's like, and it's in that good X Men way where the uh, the characters under the powers are also really important. Um, so yeah, this is. I think this is just really good X Men, Michael. It's uh, I really, it's I really enjoy pretty, it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it passes the test on whether or not I want to continue to read it or not. Yeah, we will definitely be coming back to Exiles, I think, because we, we, like I said, we both like it. Uh, I'm very, I'm curious. We're just curious about where it leads. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know when that will be. It'll probably be a few months before we get back to it. Um, but yeah, now we have our first uh, Mar- our first Marvel uh, arc. We'll be covering our uh, complete uh, comic book series. We'll be covering to go along <laughs> with our DC Green Lantern one. And oh, yeah. Yeah. it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's uh it's a good stuff. Yeah, I like it. Um so yeah, that's kind of exiles, Michael. Um do you want to tell the people what we'll be reading next time? Uh we're not reading anything next time. Oh we're doing wait, we're, we're doing we're doing something a little different, a little a, a new segment for you fine folks. We are okay. going to be ranking all the black suit sagas. Well, not all. Most of the Black Suit Sagas from, from Spider-Man were covering movies, covering comic books, a couple of the video games, the cartoons, and our new show segment called Super Tiros. Yep, we will be putting together a, a tier list, a visual, that we will release um, along with the episode to look at as you listen. To, so you'll be, you'll pro- you might be spoiled ahead of time on where we rank everything, but I mean, like, then you'll know... I, like. I think on Twitter you can like mark things as spoilers, so they're yeah. like blurred out. So there's that at least. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, but even if you are, even if you do see it ahead of time, you, you can at least be like, huh, I wonder why they put it there, uh, <laughs> or I wonder why they even like that. Because uh, you know, people have different tastes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but this, 
We've been playing this one for a little while. We're we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, we are. Uh, and uh, we have, hopefully you guys enjoy it. We do have several more um, Super Tiros planned in the future. Um, <laughs> At least two more for this year. Yes. Uh, and we're look- and we're very, that we are looking forward to quite a bit ourselves. Um, so this this has been our most hyped episode of all time, Michael. <laughs> so, brought it up five times. Yeah, this is uh, we. It's been mentioned uh, on episode four, our um, our first free episode day, our first move, our first movie talk over, yeah, and our second free episode day, which we haven't actually recorded yet, but will come <laughs> out before this does. Um, so people are. You know, they've been asking, when is Exiles coming? When is Exiles coming? <laughs> and, uh, we finally gave it to them, Michael. We finally gave the people what they wanted. Uh, <laughs> we aim to please. And, okay, so... Yeah, that's Exiles. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please uh, rate and review the podcast on whatever you're listening to. We really appreciate that. Uh, it helps with visibility in a really big way. Uh, if you like this podcast, we have several others on Games and Junk, um, including the Games and Junk Gang Club, where uh, Ghost Trick we played. We did a uh, we had a little chat about Ghost Trick recently. That should be coming out very uh, soon uh, to go along with this episode. I think it, uh, the same week or the week after. I think same week uh, this comes up. Uh, multimedia failure. We watch video game movies for some reason uh, <laughs> and talk about those uh yeah it's been and then of course uh other capes and junk adventures which will be which we just have so many ideas for and i'm looking forward to getting to all of them Uh, but until those come out later everyone i'm gonna slither on home as best as a box snake can